Nice show. Beautiful show. Let's give Sonia and Mike and all those who work. And uh, Sean, where is Sean too? He's upstairs. Okay. God bless you. These are beautiful, beautiful pictures and photos. I had to dress for that, you know. <laughs> I love my shorts, but that's all right. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Uh, I read the, a definition of a father. It says the definition of a father is a man who carries photographs where his money used to be. Is that right, Mike? <laughs> Paul Harvey once said, a father gets very angry when the school grades aren't as good as he thinks they should be. So he calls his son, though he knows it's the teacher's fault. <laughs> the father of five children had won a toy at a raffle. He called his kids together to ask which one should have the present. He wanted to be fair. And he says, who is the most obedient and who never talks back to mother, who does everything she says? Five small voices answer in unison, you play with it, daddy. The Bible says, and fathers gets very, do not provoke. Do not provoke your children to anger, but to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's Ephesians 6, 4, and Proverbs 17, 6, it says, children are the crown of old men and the glory of sons is their fathers. Every home needs a strong symbol of authority. When the father is willing to accept this challenge, and at the same time, be compassionate and tender in dealing with his family, the home then has a solid anchor. The father actually cannot be all he ought to be as a father and as a man unless he knows Jesus Christ as Savior. You agree with me, fathers? Amen. So my message today is for mainly for men and for everyone to be godly and for every father to be in Christ, the head of the home and the family. I want you to give a title, and you give, you uh, do whatever you want with it. Give the message, your title also, that, that's fine with me. The Father that pleases God. I hope 
Dean said uh, in his message last week, we aim to be found pleasing in God's eyesight. And let me continue on that. And we should aim, fathers, to please God anytime. The father that pleases God is a man of conviction. As we look at our world today, we see deterioration on every hand. We see that people who once had deep convictions concerning right and wrong have yielded to compromise and sacrificed principles. Where are, where are the men who stand for the truth? The world is looking for them. And the fathers who lived and worked hard to give their families an honorable and dignified life. How many can stand and say this afternoon, I am proud of my father? That's a challenge for us fathers. How many can say, I want to follow in his footsteps? He's my hero, and I want to be like him. And we're not talking here about wealth or fame. We're talking about behavior. We're talking about integrity. We're talking about Christ-like attitude. Fathers, if we are to ask ourselves this question, in which capacity would you like your children to evaluate you? How would you like to be known? When, what kind of reputation will you be leaving behind? I read a story last week about Bruce Lockerbie. Bruce Lockerbie is the writer of many Christian books, and he's a good Christian writer. The last book he wrote or out of many, thinking and acting like a Christian. And he said, when I was just 11 years old, our family drove from Toronto to eastern Ontario to the region north of St. Lawrence River, where my father had been born. We reached the little village, some villages, Ventnor and Spencerville, just before midnight, the residents had long since gone to bed, but dad needed directions to find the old homestead where we were to spend the night. Reluctantly, he stopped at a darkened house and knocked on the door. After several minutes of waiting, the yard, the yard light up, light was, came on, and an older man opened the door. I could hear my father, he says, apologizing for the inconvenience. And then he identified himself as the son of Pearson Lockerbie, my grandfather, dead for many years. Oh, come in. Come in, said the old man. No trouble at all. We knew your father.
You know what, fathers, that's the greatest legacy a man can leave to his children. We knew your father. Some people say any man can be a father. It is a job that takes little talent. However, the rate for failure in fatherhood is actually higher than any other occupation. Just look what's happening around you. Look at the divorces. Look at the many bad reputation fathers have earned, many of them, and you will know what I'm talking about. Fathers have a colossal job, a full-time job, that most people underestimate. It is the most important task a man can tackle. It's not that simple. Christian people in our land have become discouraged today because they have looked to their leaders and have been disappointed. Do you agree with that? Instead of integrity, we have seen dishonesty. We need today men of character, men of deep conviction who will not be swayed by the desire for gain or glory. In our homes, we need dedicated, dependable fathers who are living examples. Men who know the word and stand by it. Men who are willing to practice their Christianity in daily living. Someone put it in few words. He said, we need no application. The truth shines bright as day. We teach much, much more by doing and much less by what we say. Do not, but what you truly desire your child to do, he may not always hear well, but he is always watching you. Do you hear me, fathers? When our homes have this kind of husbands and fathers, you know what happens? Families will grow up in the way of the Lord. Amen. We cannot build a community unless the families are solid there. No matter what we do, no program can fix it. No great man, whatever they introduce for the community, can heal it. The only foundation that helps the community and grows the nation, the society, is the family that fears God. Fathers, build your altars at home and gather your wives and children around it and honor God with your prayers and Bible study. 
and from the homes. When the homes are solid on this foundation, then the community starts growing in the right way. Then the society is, becomes better. Then the nation becomes better. Then we can be proud to say, our nation is built on the word of God. And nothing else will work. Just look at the society. Nothing else will work. So men, as I said before, the task of a father is the greatest task that we are facing today. Take charge of it. God is pleased also with a man who is compassionate and humble. Not only conviction, strong conviction is good, uncompromising stand is good, but they are not enough. We need men who are tender and compassionate. About 20 years ago, I conducted a, a study uh, for the men, men of steel and velvet. Who remember? Well, so few remember. Men of steel and velvet. The Lord is looking for them. We need to be men of steel, strong and velvet, compassionate, humble, and very, very loving. Far too often, a man thinks he has to put on a strong front or people will think that he's a weakling or he's a weak person. I need to ask strong, you know. I need to walk strong. I need to have a voice that shows authority to the people. This doesn't do. No. Actually, the opposite is true. It takes strength of character to be kind and unselfish. Do you know that? Jesus was the manliest person who ever lived. Do you agree? And yet he also knew how to enter into the sorrows of others and share their griefs. More so than anything, he changed the world with his humility. He said, I am gentle and humble in heart. You can't be that. Men, it's not the image that you want to display. It's the image that God wants you to display. It's being humble and give yourself to the Lord and he will use you to be that example to your wife and to your children. You know, Jesus wept. Do you agree with me? You find it in the Bible. When his friend Lazarus died, he wept at his grave. And one of the great men said, his name is Edward Young said, shun the proud that is ashamed to weep. You know, sometimes we'll be watching a movie, and it's emotional. And guess who the first one to weep at home? I weep. I wept many times while, while preaching here. Doesn't say that I am not a man. 
a father who is gentle, humble, compassionate, and spiritually close to God, will demand respect by his family, his church, and the world outside. He's open-minded. Who is the father that pleases God? He's open-minded. He's willing to be corrected. How many times? Because we don't want to humble ourselves, we, we will not say, I was wrong. How many times, Dave? Not you? How many times? Let's look in, within. And you know, there's nothing more affecting and more effective to the family that when we are wrong, to say, family, I was wrong. Please forgive me. You think you will lose your respect? On the contrary, you'll gain more respect. Put that down. Open-minded. Fathers are needed to please God. They have no problem to say, I'm sorry. Even to his little children. Do you find yourself doing that? This man is, in my opinion, this man, in my opinion, is a giant in every respect. One of the saddest sights, listen to me, fathers, to behold is a man who thinks he knows everything and has no need to learn anything anymore. I have, I always say, I have arrived. Such men, listen, such men are prisoners within the walls of their ignorance. Fathers, be compassionate. Be humble. Be dignified by admitting when you're wrong that you're wrong. When you're right, stand by the right. And when you're close to God, the authority that you will have will not be questioned whatsoever because God has given you that authority. A real man is always willing to consider the possibility also that there is some truth that he has not yet discovered. Do you agree with that? We have not reached, let me tell you. I have news for you. We did not arrive yet. You know when we will arrive? Okay, I have some women smiling. Says, hey, yeah, hey, don't go. Keep go. Okay, I'm going. I am going. Okay? All right. When... <laughs> okay, I lost my trend of thought. Come on. <laughs> Some lessons we still need to learn. We need to listen. I'm the first one. We need to listen. We need to pay attention. We need to have the desire to build this family with the love and kindness and compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It takes a great man to say, I was wrong. And this is one of the noblest statements to ever fall from a person's lips. I was wrong. After all, and listen to this, when we admit that we were wrong, we are actually saying that we are smarter today than where we were yesterday. A godly father wrote this in his diary. I would read it to you. Last night, he says, my little boy confessed to me some childish wrong. You ever experienced that, fathers? And kneeling at my knee, he prayed with tears, O oh Lord, make me a man like Daddy. Wise and strong, and I know you can. Then while he slept, the father writes, I knelt beside his bed, confessed my sins, and prayed with low bowed head, O oh God, make me a child like my child here. Pure, guileless, trusting you with faith sincere. And he started crying. Let me ask you a question. Vis-a-vis -vis this, what kind of fathers are we? What kind of fathers are you? Not only being compassionate and humble is needed to please God, but my last word is a man who loves his family and teaches his children by example. The family is the most profound of all human relationships. There is no relationship above that except your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. A man who genuinely cares for his family is inv investing his attention in that which will pay great dividends. Many changes have taken place today in the family structure, and we agree. The past few, few years have changed the families. Fathers and mothers are working today. They're sharing duties that were considered the mothers only. Well, it is now essential to build a home to provide pleasant environment for the children, and many, we acknowledge that. But most important, if a man loves his family, listen, fathers, if a man loves his family, he will be faithful and true to the marriage vows. And secondly, he will teach his children by example. Are we examples? Are we? Ask yourself this question. Am I an example at home? Or you leave it to the mother? She takes care of her kids. I go, enough, I go down and work. I go to work. And she's responsible. This doesn't work. You are the head of the household according to God's precepts. Take charge 
take your stand and be a godly man and take up your responsibilities and above all, honor the marriage vows. If you didn't read the bulletin of this month, I would like you, after you leave here, to read paragraph four. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read you what is the father's responsibility and how to teach his kids. It says he teaches kindness by being thoughtful and gracious at home. Not with the people, not at work only, not with nice people when there are no responsibilities whatsoever, but at home when there are lots of pressure, when everybody is running to go to school and make time. This is where kindness comes. This is thoughtfulness comes. This is where graciousness comes. And this is where help should come by every father to every mother at home. He teaches patience by being gentle and understanding over and over. He teaches honesty by keeping his promises to his family, even when it costs. He teaches courage by living unafraid with faith in all circumstances. God is looking for men like this. He teaches justice by being fair and dealing equally with everyone. He teaches obedience to God's word by precept and example as he reads and prays daily with his family. He teaches love for God and to his church as he takes his family regularly to all the church services. His steps are important because others follow. Fathers, we set examples. And you know what the Bible says? For the steps of a good man are ordained by the Lord. Our families, my last word, our society, and our churches are standing today at a crossroad in our history. Our very survival as a nation also depend on the presence or absence of Christian leadership. So men, take charge. Be good leaders at home. Be godly leaders, compassionate leaders, dignified leaders, honorable leaders, and honor the marriage vows. We need fathers to lead in the form of loving authority, managing their household in the form of spiritual training to their children by teaching them the word of God first. That's how we exercise true leadership. And we strengthen marriage relationship. I have no doubt. I have no doubt in my mind that we have such godly fathers here. I'm not reprimanding you. I know most of you, and I know you are good fathers and good husbands. Please continue. Do not be affected by the winds and by anything that is outside. 
Because your joy, your love, your heart, your recreation start with the family at home. They come first, and everything is second. God, family, and everything else comes second. Even church comes second. Take care of your families. Take care of your wives. Take care of your children. Be a, an example, and a godly example, and do not follow the world. I know you are committed to that, and I know you are willing to honor the Lord by honoring your families. And my favorite verse, you can repeat it with me, those who honor me, I will honor. You want to be honored, honor God. In these little words that you heard from me today, and may God bless his word and bless you and have a happy Father's Day. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we are thankful that you gave us life to celebrate another, another year, Father's Day. May you be with each and every family today so they celebrate Father's Day. And help us, Lord, all fathers, all the families that we have here present or, and those who are awake and couldn't make it, to live first and foremost to honor you, to love you, and to love our families. And your blessings then will be upon us. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.